to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. After a week of very interesting radio shows that raised a lot of eyebrows about the shifting economy and the shifting housing market, we're going to go back to a topic that I think is a little bit more universally digestible. Julie, welcome to today's Real Estate Show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's fun to get back to the easily digestible after an interesting week. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, not boring, just more digestible. <laughs> yeah, it's more digestible. It's one of those topics yeah. that everyone wants to talk about and everyone seems okay. to be interested in that we are absolute positive experts on so we can really deep dive into a lot of these issues. And, and the topic is teams. And, and you know what? There's a lot of talk going on about teams. If you guys have been tuned to us uh, for a long time, uh, we are certainly not just blind uh, advocates of you guys forming teams. What we are advocates of is you guys making profit and building wealth and security for you and your family. And sometimes you can do that by adding staff and sometimes you won't. And so what we're going to do, it's going to be today's radio show and probably uh, the following radio show, is we're going to really deep dive and give you guys all the facts a lot of you uh, have been uh, led down the primrose po uh, path of believing that forming a team is, is the Shangri-La to real estate nirvana, okay? So the reality of it is, is that in many, many cases, in more cases uh, than not, it is absolutely positively not the path to real estate nirvana, assuming your goal is to make a lot of profit and reinvest that profit into build wealth. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk to you guys about the different levels in which you can basically add staff. And we're going to give you some rules. And, Julie, I didn't write the rules down in our notes, so we'll have to kind of work through that. Um, and so we're going to have to give you guys some specific rules of when you should add somebody, when you shouldn't, and then we're going to also, and you, you know, when you should scale your real estate team and when you shouldn't. And then we're going to do the other side of it, which no one ever talks about, is we're going to do the positives and the negatives. Well, the positives are easy. You know, everyone likes to talk about that. But no one wants to tell you about the negatives. Um, I've never, ever, aside from uh, podcasts that I've done with Pat Hyben, um, I have never had with anyone else other than Julie and our coaching clients and our coaches had anyone that was willing to have a real honest conversation about the downside of building a real estate team. So that's what we're going to do. Now, you know, it's funny as I say this, Julie, um, mm -hmm. thinking this was going to be more easily digestible. I'm realizing now that some people <laughs> are going to be awesome. absolutely positively, <laughs> yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Because forming a team has almost become a religion. It seems like, oh, my gosh, how can you ever say anything against the religion of team building? Well, listen, set aside your skepticism, guys, and open your minds. What we're going to do is we're going to give you the actual facts. We're going to give you figures. We're going to give you case studies. We're going to give you the information. And then you make your own decision, okay? And chances are you will then come around the bend and you'll agree with Julie and I's thinking on the whole thing. Now, before I get to uh, the first section of this, Julie, you don't have any emails to read today, do you? I actually do, if you give me one quick second. Okay, I no, will do no a worries. One. Uh, just a reminder right for here. all of our listeners. Okay, a reminder to all of our listeners, and there's over 100,000 regular listeners. Uh, you guys know we sold real estate. Julie and I sold real estate for almost 10 years. We sold, you know, our first year, you know, kind of made us famous because we sold over 100 houses when we were in our early 20s. 
That was 20-plus years ago now, which is scary to think, but it's true. And then we sold between 100 and 200 houses every year thereafter. And guess what, guys? We did have a team. So we can speak from personal experience, but to be honest, where we got a vast majority of our experience isn't from even selling real estate, but it's from coaching a lot of you and coaching some of the top producing real estate teams and real estate practitioners in the country. And you guys can listen to their interviews uh, on Real Estate Coaching Radio. We have 500 past podcasts that you guys can listen to anytime. 500 uh, great ways for you guys to get educated and motivated. Oh, Julie, I didn't tell you, Ben Salem sent me a really cool picture yesterday of him driving around in L.A., and he had his podcast Mm -hmm. on that huge monitor on his um, Tesla. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to see that. It was. Well, it was awesome because you know how – the monitor is like a you know I'm or an iPad Pro, yeah, and then just mm-hmm. the art you know it was kind of fun. So I know a lot of you guys listen to us on your mobiles Pretty and cool. on your phones, and whatnot. And if you are stuck in LA traffic like Ben was, you have a, literally a plethora of past uh, you know rebroadcasts of our podcast at Real Estate Coaching Radio. Yeah. So um, long story short, guys, this is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts uh, because of the fact that. We want you guys to make the right decisions that are going to be ultimately uh, in alignment with your, your true goal and your true purpose. And a lot of you will sometimes believe hype. You know, a lot of you will sometimes start going down a path of thinking that the only way for you to become more successful um, and all the rest of it is to start doing, you know, adding staff members. And the reason that I know that some of you aren't going to like what we're going to say is because you've been on that path for a long time. In other words, you've been spending some of your best energies of your life trying to figure out how to build a real estate team, trying to find those key team members, trying to find out how to keep buyers' agents happy, trying to do this and trying to do that. And what we're going to tell you in some cases is going to maybe make you look back and think, well, you've been wasting your time. And I don't want you to think like that because then you're going to just basically start getting down on yourself. There's a, so as we go through this, you know, just keep this in the back of your mind. There's an old Chinese proverb that says it's too soon to tell. So it's too soon to tell, like, the experience you had, was, whether it was good or bad. So be very careful when you are, you know, going through some of the things that we share with you on our podcast, because I know a lot of times it's controversial. A lot of times we talk about things that make you guys mad. Don't allow those emotions to enter into your mind, because, uh, or when they do, just recognize them for what they are. And then set them aside and then expand your thinking. Because in a changing market like this, the last thing you want to do is pigeonhole your learning. Okay, I just got a reminder from our show producer. Um, A lot of you guys have been filling out that box at the bottom of the podcast. You're asking about real estate coaching essentials. You're asking about this coaching program. You guys have heard us talking about the shifting market. You're wanting to know where you can get the skills necessary to make the most of this, again, probably going back into a recession-type market. I want you to complete that box. And when you do, you're going to get a call back from someone from our staff. That that person is going to answer all the questions that you have about real estate coaching essentials. Real estate coaching essentials is the core coaching program that we've been offering for years, but it's enhanced for this market. So if you're trying to form a team, Real Estate Coaching Essentials is perfect for you. If you're an individual agent, perfect for you. If you're in a market that's obviously in transition, and we shared you some story, with you some stories over the last week of markets that are clearly in transition, Real Estate Coaching Essentials includes the short sale information, includes the BPO information, includes the how to become an REO agent information. It's all there. The best thing about this program, and frankly the thing that makes me the most excited, is that it's recession-proof. In other words, it's perfect for you to essentially make yourself uh, bulletproof to any kind of changing market. So it's only 2000 bucks. 
That's it. Now, I don't have 2000 bucks, Tim, or my 2000 bucks I wanted to spend on something else. No problem. We have, we're working with a lender who will completely approve you, and there's no interest for the first six months if you pay it off, and if you choose to make payments on it, it's only $99 a month. Now, here's what you get with this program. It is a real, live, honest-to-God coaching program. In other words, you will have a one-on-one -on -one coaching call, and it's coaching on demand. You schedule the coaching call with your coach once per month. Not, that's not good enough. At least it wasn't for us. So we actually enhanced it beyond that. You have a weekly coaching call uh, with Julie. So Julie will do a semi-private coaching call, which means it's a group call. You can, be, you know, Julie loves the interaction. You guys ask questions, and you know, it's a it's a webinar they do form, a great or a job. webcast format. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. I, I listen to you doing it. You have a lot of fun doing it. So that yeah. gives you guys direct contact with Julie on a weekly basis, and you have a, uh, you're also entitled to a monthly one-on-one -on -one coaching call with one of our coaches that you schedule around your schedule. And again, guys, this is really crazy cheap because uh, it's only 2000 bucks. You can pay for it 100% and be done with it. It's a six-month program, but for those of you who are enrolling in May, it's six months, but then we're giving you an additional six months for no added charge. So there it is. Now, this was designed specifically for all of you guys who have always wanted to do coaching, and there's most of you on this call, but it's been too expensive, and I get it. So that's the reason we designed this program. We designed this program also, and we've been enhancing it to make sure that you guys have are way ahead of the curve for whatever is transitioning in the real estate market. So remember, here's all you have to do. If you're on your mobile, as most of you are, just scroll to the screen to the bottom, the little simple form to the bottom, and add your information. If you're on your desktop, I want you to go to, Mr. Uh, producer, remind me what the website is. I think it's joinharris.com, joinharris.com. Yep, it's joinharris.com. You just reminded me. And then you can just also get the form. The key thing is, remember, when we call back, you've got to answer the phone. If you don't answer the phone, they're only going to try to call you back a couple times, and they're moving on to the next agent. This is a coaching program, and it's by its very nature, we can only add so many uh, new students. So do take advantage of this. And remember, those of you who are in our private coaching programs, you get, all the, uh, you get everything that's included in RECE already. Uh, so just make sure you're using all the, pro all the benefits of the program that you're enrolled in. I'm thinking of you in our Breakthrough Coaching Program. You get all that, obviously. In addition to that, you get a uh, weekly coaching call. All right, Julie, so let's go into this. This is yes. a fun topic, yes? Let's, get, let's start with it the is. facts. I hope will you scroll. Mm -hmm. Oh, you had an email to read, right? Just a quick one having to do with what you were just talking about. This is one of my uh, great Coaching Essentials clients, uh, Marilyn Worthington. So if you have any referrals for Raleigh, North Carolina, Marilyn Worthington with a very spellable name, which definitely helps. So if you guys need to find her, uh, that's where you send it to. Now, uh, Marilyn, who has been with us for quite a while, she's a great coaching client and, and uh, takes action. She says, as a result of our group call in the uh, Essentials program that we did yesterday, the one that I ran, she said, you gave me great tips on this. We, yesterday we talked about how to actually know what the heck's going on in your market, and she figured out how to do a very quick, efficient overview of what she calls the triad territory. This is where she works. It's quite large. She said, wow, that was great. This is something she's already using. She also mentions... She had her uh, coaching call on demand with Michelle McClintock, one of our great coaches, who gave uh, ideas on working her tennis group, Maryland's tennis group, with thoughtful 
ways to uh, cater to her tennis gals. We even are calling it a spoke of business. She says, since I'm new to these tennis players, I need to be a little bit laid back, but I do comment to them that sometimes I have to mispractice due to showings, meeting a client, home inspections, etc., to let them know that I'm a working real estate professional. One of my teammates' husbands is a very big realtor, but I know that there are 62 people day, uh, per day moving to rally, and I will stay the course. She also goes on to say that the changing market and the potential short sales freaks her out a little bit because her state hasn't been historically the best handling them, but she says, I know Tim said that this time might be different, uh, in the past, I had bad experiences. However, I also know it's extremely important. I know uh, that this is something I may have to deal with, and I will definitely need an attitude adjustment. So Marilyn is, is working several angles here. You know, yesterday we talked about working your past clients, your center of influence. She's got her tennis gals that she's working with here, talking about real estate not being a secret agent. She took advantage of her one-on-one -on -one coaching call through the Essentials Program. She was on my call in the Essentials Program yesterday. And so thank you for that, Marilyn, for not just being there and taking advantage to all the great stuff we offer you in that class, but implementing and being really focused and tuned in and doing the things that we talk about in coaching that will bring your business forward. So thank you so much for sharing that. And again, anybody who has referrals for Raleigh, North Carolina, Marilyn's your gal. Back to you, Tim. To team or not to team, that is the question, is the title of today's show. So what we're going to do is we're going to blaze through some facts. Now, these are facts. You guys might want to argue with me about some of them, and I know some of you will, and that's fine. A good debate is always good for the radio, but you can email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. By the way, we had considered making this podcast a call-in, but then we looked at our analytics and realized that almost all of you listen to us in replay, so we can't do that. So just go ahead and email me, and especially if, you have, if you're in disagreement with any of these points, we can have some fun with that, and we will have a respectful uh, discourse um, about you know, basically where maybe some of us might be disconnecting with the understanding of what really a team is. So, Julie, you can share these with me. So, first of all, a lot of people, I'll read the first three, Jules, and you go to the next three, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. A lot of people, and I even have, frankly, I came across this on Inman recently, which we syndicate on Inman, uh, you know, one of the best news sources for real estate stuff that there is, if not the best at this point. So here's the thing. On Inman, I read that basically they, you know, they were making statements, the reporters were making statements that teams were a relatively new phenomena that had, sometimes, had somehow been manifested through a lot of the great work Keller Williams had done and basically, you know, all that. But here's the reality of it. Teams have been around for more than probably 30 years, but for sure 30 years. They were uh, Howard Brenton was the first one really to start pushing teams, and this was back when Julie and I, you know, basically were in real estate. First getting into real estate, this was back in the early 90s. That's when teams started to come real, become real prolific. Matter of fact, for those of you guys who are Keller Williams agents, when you look at the uh, inside jacket of that black and white picture that's in the Gary Keller's book that first start, started discussing teams, those pictures of those people, almost all those people are Howard Brenton people who essentially took essentially a lot of the things that we are all master. Julie and I are Howard Brenton stars too. So a lot of the concepts that were coming out of Howard Brenton's private mastermind groups were the ones that Keller Williams basically then scaled. So just for the record, I just want you guys to be clear that I'm not taking anything from Keller Williams or anybody else for that matter. I'm just making it clear that you guys know that absolutely positively, especially those of you who think that teams are some new thing, they have been around for decades. Okay, so let's be clear about that. Point number two, right now, teams are trendy. Now, if you guys have been in real estate for a long time, 
you know that nothing, <laughs> you know, trends boil up all the time in real estate. There'll be some trend for personal branding. And then there was trends for a long time of uh, moving trucks. I mean, I mean, some of you still have moving trucks, I know. We had a moving truck, but this was back when it was really trendy, you know. We didn't know any better. So with this, is, you know, so moving trucks will be trendy. Or you'll then have, you know, personal, I said personal branding, but how about personal brochures? Those were trendy for a while. Anyone who's been in this business for as long as we have, and I know a lot of you have, you know that you've seen the trends come and go. You know, there's direct response marketing. That was trendy for a while, and, you know, for a while it worked. There was just all kinds of things. You guys will see, oh, here's one. Back in the, what would have been, about maybe eight, ten years ago, another big trend. Oh, social networking. Did I say social networking isn't relevant? No, I didn't. But were there a lot of people out there trying to tell you guys that social networking was somehow going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread and going to, you know, revolutionize the way real estate transactions were done? There were droves of them. And here's what happened. What happened to those guys? It was a trend. And so is all the hype about teams right now. So see it for what it is. You know, and I'm still, we're not saying that you shouldn't consider adding staff when we're going to get to the particulars. We're just giving you some facts. Teams are not necessarily good for brokers. Those of you who are brokers right now and you're listening and you're thinking that you, here's, here's how brokers think, agents, and, and they should think like this. Well, until they realize the flip side to it. I want to encourage my agents to form teams of licensed professionals so that basically they'll help me recruit agents. The hardest job in a brokerage is recruiting agents. That is the hard work of owning a broker, is getting you guys to work with them and then not leave. That's the broker's real job, okay? Not easy, by the way. So, you know, it's way harder sometimes than even prospecting for listings. So what does a lot of these brokers do is they thought, well, if I get agents, then start believing that they should form teams. And I don't think a lot of the brokers did this with any sort of ill intent, by the way. So if I can get them to form teams, then they'll be out there recruiting agents for me to add to my staff. And in a lot of cases, the way a lot of brokerages are set up, they're allowed to, you know, they charge you guys fees based on how many licensed uh, people you have working with you. That's the way it's worked for decades. And you know what? That's okay. But here's the flip side to this. And, and I think a lot of big brands who've been pushing uh, teams are now seeing it. When you have a successfully functioning team, and you know you you really, it's easy for you to quit. It's easy for you to leave. And there's no better example than here in Austin, Texas. Unlike, say, for example, Manhattan, where you have to be as an agent, you have to be with a big broker, otherwise you will lose business. Certain parts of LA, around Beth Hills, that's the same way. If you're not with some big brand brokerage, it's actually going to work against you. But for a vast majority of the country, pretty much everywhere else. You can have a mom-and-pop or you can have a boutique brokerage, and for the most part, the sellers don't care. Those of you who are in Manhattan, and we have hundreds of coaching clients there, you're raising your eyebrows now in disbelief, but it's true. No better example than here in Austin, Texas, the heart of Keller Williams. You have more really well-organized, elegant uh, real estate brokerage than I've ever seen anywhere else in the world. And Julie and I have traveled, right? And you will not see more very nice you know, small, less than 10 pe uh, people brokerages than here in Austin. And when you ask them, the vast majority of them used to be Keller Williams teams, and they left. So I caution all the brokers out there who are following this trend blindly to really question, really, if that's the best thing for your brokerage overall. Julie, point, or fact number four. All right, so fact number four is that most agents – build teams without knowing the true numbers. And actually, I skipped ahead. That's five. Most agents build teams without knowing the true numbers, and we'll talk about that in a second. Not every agent 
should build a team. We have so many successful coaching clients who don't have a team or they just have a transaction coordinator. So it is a fact that most agents build teams without knowing the true numbers or before they realize the true numbers. So the next point in most markets, and I want you guys to write this down because this is so critical. This is real math. In most markets <laughs> where a team has a gross revenue of a million dollars in gross commissions, I mean, that, that's big money, right? That's great commissions. They're doing lots of transactions. Well, guess what? The net to the team leader typically is around 180000 to 200000 before taxes. Not terrible, certainly earning a living, but off of a million dollars, that's your net. Well, in the same market, if an individual agent has a gross, a gross of two fifty, they will net the same as the team who's earning a million. And I want you guys to just let that thought settle in for a second. So a team with gross commissions around a million, the team leader usually ends up 180 to 200, and we've seen worse than that, by the way, before taxes. In that same market, an individual single agent whose gross is 250, they're going to net the same because they have such dramatically fewer expenses and more efficiency. They're going to net about the same as that team that was grossing a million. I remember, Tim, when we had that aha moment. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, I think we were at a Brinton event where we were considering growing the team bigger and we were looking at the numbers and how many more transactions you'd have to do to basically net the same amount. So it's really something to consider, and not everyone really talks about that. So next point, Tim. Selling real estate won't make you rich, and that's something that you guys need to wrap your minds around. Selling real estate won't make you make you rich. Investing the profit that you, that you make from selling real estate will make you rich. In order for you to have a profit from selling real estate, you must shift your mindset. And here's the big question we always like to ask this, and, and, and you, know, you guys are long-time listeners know what I'm about to say. What is your profit? Real estate practitioners, real estate brokerages, business owners is what you guys are. What is your profit? What is it you actually produce? Right? The nice, sort of socially acceptable, normal answers are happy customers, real, closed real estate, you know, sold homes. And, you guys, and all these things are true. Those are part of your, prof, uh, your product. But the reality of it is, in this business, a services business, what your product truly is, is profit. Now, profit only comes from happy customers. Profit only comes from selling houses. Profit only comes from you know, essentially being of service to others. So we're not in conflict with our, you know, the core ethos of how we teach you guys to be um, uh, business folks but if you're not making a profit you are not running a really a really good business and how many of you actually start every single year using a real estate treasure map by the way which you get three books for free when you fill out that form that's below this podcast or you just go to joinharris.com and one of them is the real estate treasure map our business plan that is designed around you guys putting profit first. In other words, you're going to make decisions around profit, not just make decisions around emotion and around ego. You're going to make decisions around things that are actually going to result in you having money left over at the end of the month you know, that doesn't go to basically paying some bill to make it so you have then profit to reinvest. And Julie was touching on this, and a lot of you guys are in the midst. You guys are in the throes of building a team. Now, remember, we are advocates of adding staff. We are advocates of uh, delegation. We are advocates of you guys focusing on the most all our productive activities in your business. But we're just not advocates of you guys building businesses for the sake of building businesses and not having a profit. And we're going to get to all – we're going to uh, introduce you. I'm hoping to go through the first level at least on today's call – today's show, we're going to introduce you guys to, to the different levels, and we're going to give you the positive and negative 
lives of both. But remember, the most important thing is, is do not forget that your product is profit. Next point, next fact. The larger you scale the team, the harder it is to make a profit, especially true in a shifting market. In a downturn where revenue decreases, the fixed costs of a team can eat you alive. That just seems like common sense, doesn't it? But here's the part that sucks. When you have a real estate team and you have a crappy month, you just write it off. You have two crappy months, maybe you write it off. Three crappy months, you start to get worried. Six crappy months, basically, you're dipping into your savings, and the next thing you know, you burn through your personal savings because you didn't want to fire anybody. Because you, you had marketing bills you still wanted to pay. You had advertising. You had uh, you know, Zillow that you still wanted to be buying impressions on and all the rest of it. So you didn't act fast enough and scale down quick enough. And so the fixed costs, and your buyer's agents the whole time, they were like hungry birds saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. The leads stink. And then you had to then sp spend more money on advertising, more money, because you weren't putting profit first. So that is a business philosophy that we have, that you always put profit first. I have never, ever heard anybody in the real estate industry, uh, you know, guide you guys to building a business around profit. Profit seems to be almost the last thing that people talk about. Have you ever noticed that, guys? Yeah. Listeners, have you ever noticed that profit is never a focus of conversation at any real estate, invest, uh, uh, any real estate uh, event? Why is that? Why is that? Because we, maybe psychologically, don't think I don't, who knows why. I honestly don't really even care. The fact is, is that you guys need to be focusing on profit because in a changing market like what we're in now, profit will be your north star. Because if you see your profit, profits eroding, that will be the breaks. You'll say, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. That's not working. But if you have a big team with a lot of fixed costs, and I can give you guys countless examples during the last downturn of people that had teams that were completely wiped out. You know, and there are literally hundreds of examples of that. And I'm not saying wiped out because they're over leveraged. I'm saying wiped out because they had these teams with this ridiculous amount of overhead and they couldn't actually downsize it or wouldn't downsize it. They couldn't accept it. All right, so the most, here's the last fact, and Julie, let's get through uh, level one, okay? So sure. the most profitable agents in the U.S., and this is going to be controversial, and if you guys don't believe me, go back and listen to past podcasts at realestatecoachingradio.com. The most profitable agents in the country, agents that sell the most houses and make the most money, have typically no teams. They might have one or two staff members, but they have no teams. Uh, go back and listen to the interview I did with Jade Mills. She is an absolute rock star. She is one of the probably best real estate agents in the history of the industry. Phenomenal gal. Go back and listen to that interview. She is a, a, an ambassador for Coldwell Banker, I think it was, international ambassador. She's that good. Uh, she has no team. Matter of fact, when I asked her about the team on that uh, radio show, she didn't know how quite to answer because she knew if she was honest, she'd basically be flying in the face of the, the current trend, right? And guess what? She did answer the question honestly, and she did say, I have no team. And you'll hear the same thing come out of the mouths of every single agent who are the absolute top of the game. Did they have teams at one point? Maybe. What happened to those teams? They realized that those teams were not leading to their ultimate goal, which was profit. And with that profit, then they reinvest. Remember, selling real estate might make you big numbers, might make you, you know, famous, might make it so that you have lots of awards, might make it so that, you know, people ask for your autograph, might make you so that all those things could ha actually happen to you, but it won't produce enough profit unless you have the mindset of profit. In order for you to be rich, you have to reinvest it. Now, remember, rich, our definition of rich is very simple. 
It's when your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. So don't think that, you know, our definition of rich is you have to have $100 million and have this. Who cares about all that? That's just ego. Rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Okay? And if you want to build true wealth, you want to make it so that the sources of your income don't come directly from your real estate practice. So you need to buy real estate uh, investment properties. You need to buy other things that are going to produce profit for you passively. That is the ultimate goal. That's how you become rich. All right, Julie, let's get to level one. Now, we, we built this, guy so you, so you could look at essentially where you are and then, you know, basically a level one agent, and we're going to describe the, you know, essentially what the challenges that person might have, when it's appropriate to add an assistant, Julie, which you need to add, and then we're going to tell you the pluses and the minuses of each level. So let's get through level one, Jules. Perfect. So level one is your simple single agent operation. The positive part to this is you have low monthly costs. You have no hungry birds to feed. That's our nickname for your team, whatever iteration they may be, buyers, agents, etc. No concerns over the quality of the work because you're the one doing it. You control the process. Now, some of the negatives. You will occasionally feel overwhelmed, slammed, super busy, have time management issues, etc., but you've got to be careful on level one that you don't let that temporary situation convince you that you have to go off on a tangent building a big team. That way you'll get all your time back. So many, many agents have been very successful, just like Tim was talking about. Some of the top agents in the country are single agents that are technically level one agents. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's okay. We have many coaching clients where we're working on time management and efficiencies and systematizing as a level one single agent operation. So... Tim, I mean, this is the most simple format of how to run a business, right? You are responsible for yourself, your own leads, the quality of your work, your own schedule. And, yeah, occasionally you're going to feel a little bit overrun with business. I think that's a nice problem to have. As coaches, we monitor, is this your lifestyle or is this a temporary flare-up? Some of you guys are, get really great at lead generation and start to generate more leads than you can personally handle. And that leads you to level two, which probably – we will address tomorrow. Now, we can do level two. You, do, you have any, do you have another coaching call sure. now? Or can we do level two? No, okay. I, think I can we'll go do if you can. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll go, sure, we'll go level two. All right, so here's the thing. When do I add my first assistant? That's always a question that everyone asks. And the answer is changed over the years. Ah, interesting answer, huh? So here it is. Nowadays, I would not add an assistant. I would add a virtual assistant. I would add a virtual TC. So the first person you need to add is a transaction coordinator. So depending on your price range, in other words, your average commission, you probably need to have, I would guess, three months in a row where you have um, three transactions. Again, depending on your price range, it might be five transactions per month. When you have that going on for you, then maybe you can consider adding an in-house or your own personal transaction coordinator. Okay, Up well, to that wait, point, Tim, in, we're not talking a month as in for a month. We're talking about consistently no. month after month, yeah. just to clarify. Right. right. And, you know, Julie, you touched on something earlier, and I think it's worth mentioning. It's, guys, listen, it's okay to be crazy busy, to feel like you have no life, to be totally out of balance, to have all these sort of motions from being successful 
It's okay to feel those feelings for three or four months and feel like you're not getting any sleep, feel like all you're doing is thinking, okay, that's great, congratulations. But unless you can maintain the level of lead generation and deal flow, and it all comes from basically having enough listings, by the way, unless you can do that, we don't want you taking on the fixed cost of a real transaction coordinator who you have to pay. We don't want you to have to worry during your off-season, which for most of the country is the winter, we don't want you to have to have that fixed cost. So use a virtual TC. And, Julie, I believe, let's uh, absolutely shower Tammy with leads. Uh, what's Tammy's <laughs> website? I believe it is trustedtc.com. I'm going to double-check that real quick. Trusted, T-R-U-S-T-E-D, TC as in transaction coordinator. Yes, indeed, trustedtc.com. Highly recommend Tammy uh, a longtime friend of ours, but also probably one of, if not the best transaction coordinator in the country. And yes, she does work virtually, so don't worry if you're not in her state. And she will have a conversation with you and see if you guys are a good match. But trustedtc.com. Um, and you know, the thing is with hiring a TC, that's an easier hire. A lot of people go straight to trying to buy to hire a buyer's agent. Start with your transaction coordinator because most of you guys, when you get bogged down and super busy, it's either the paperwork that pays the price and you get sloppy or your lead follow-up pays the price, which is even worse because you hide out in the paperwork. So delegate the transaction work, and it's less expensive than hiring a buyer's agent. That way you can get back to your appointments. This makes a lot more sense as a first hire. You can also hire a transaction coordinator as needed. Maybe you only have half of your transactions. Um, handled by a transaction coordinator. So again, level two, an agent with an admin or transaction coordinator. They don't have to be sitting next to you. You can use great virtual TCs like Tammy. Back to you, Tim. Actually, that's level. Le so level. So when you're when you're pivoting, when you're basically saying, "Okay, Tim, I meet the criteria. I'm doing five transactions. Uh, I have done five transactions per month in a row, not just here and there. So I'm start, I'm consistently lead generating. I'm consistently. So between that, you're basically a, you're a, a sole practitioner. Now you're wanting to add an, a, a transaction coordinator. I would suggest again. This all depends on your price range and your particular commission and your particular financial needs. But it, we would suggest before you jump right into the deep waters of level two, which we're going to talk about here in a second, that you do seriously consider just using a virtual transaction coordinator. And even at level two, you might also want a transaction coordinator that's virtual versus having somebody on staff. All right, now we're going to level two. All right, so level two is agents with a, uh, admin or transaction coordinator. Now, the rules change when you add staff. Before you get to the positive and negatives of a level two agent, this is where you literally have somebody that you're employing in your office that's a transaction coordinator at level two. Uh, I want you to remember these two rules and write these down. Trust but verify is rule number one, and rule number two is delegate, don't abdicate. Now, here's the important thing that you've got to remember. Um, you never want to delegate anything to anybody without having some sort of transparent way of making sure it was done correctly. That's different from you doing it yourself. That's different from, you know, bird poop management. That's you monitoring that things were done at the level that you expect that for them to be done. The wonderful thing about, you know, all these great CRMs, it used to be when Julie and I sold real estate, there was, you know, one CRM, but now there's like, dozens of great ones, is you can actually, and, or if you're using a virtual TA like Tammy, she'll you know, tell you which one she uses, but you can actually have one of these you know, CRMs that monitors the whole deal flow so you can watch what's getting done when it's getting done, and you can uh, monitor from your computer as your transaction coordinator is doing it. So 
the actual process of watching the, your uh, listing get de dealt with or your buyer in contract getting dealt with, you can monitor that, which is a heck of a lot better than it was, say, 15 years ago, where you had to sit down and you had to go through the file and you had to make sure everything was done correctly. So that's a nice thing. So if you're going to delegate, don't abdicate. Abdication means you just give it to somebody and you say, screw it, I'm no longer responsible for it. That is what typical salespeople do. They'll, you know, when they're adding staff, they don't monitor. They don't make sure it's done correctly. They're not, they're not keeping control of the product. They're not keeping control of the profit. And so that's when you start losing control and you wonder where all your money goes. And then you look back through the file and you see, you know, a little money was given there. You ended up paying for the home inspection when you shouldn't have. There was a refrigerator that needed fixed and somehow you ended up getting stuck with that bill too. All these types of things. So you need to be monitoring what's happening with your transactions. So remember, delegate, don't abdicate. And number one, and rule number one was trust but verify. You trust somebody, you put somebody in place. But again, like the rule number two, you know, where you are always uh, making sure you're uh, you know, delegating and abdicating, you are monitoring. So the positives of going to number two, of level two, is you can fo focus more on a dollar productive activity. Now, some of you will go to level two, you'll add a transaction coordinator, and then you'll basically be in there trying to still do the transaction coordinating job. And that's just you basically hiding from the real work of the business, which are the things that get you paid in real estate, which is all the things that basically put you directly in front of the customer. So the positives are you can focus more on dollar productive activities. You can focus on uh, more on uh, high-end customer service. So um, a lot of, where a lot of teams make the mistake is they, the last thing a seller wants to be uh, the experience that they want to have, especially high-end sellers, is they don't want to be delegated to an assistant. Those of you who have teams and you think you're going to go after the high-end seller and you think the high-end seller is going to impress with your team, don't be surprised if the exact opposite happens because they don't want to be dealing with a subordinate. They want to deal with you. When you are talking with that seller, if you tell that seller that, okay, here's my you know, five assistants you're going to be dealing with from here forward, I promise you that's going to work against you to the point where you'll probably even get a, uh, won't get the listing. Jade Mills is my perfect example. She doesn't do it that way, and she specifically says on that podcast that her sellers insist that she's the one that sh they have direct contact with. Does Jade have an assistant or two? She does. So don't cloud what we're saying. Just be clear. When you have an administrative assistant, you can then focus more on that high-end, high-touch customer service and by the way that's where you get your referrals all right so next the here, here, these are kind of these are kind of the opposite these next two points but they're true so another positive about going to level number two is you have an added mouth, mouth to feed so that can be motivational so on the days where you maybe were just by yourself and you didn't feel like working and you just decided to blow the day off and not return your calls well nobody really knew and the only person that really hurt got hurt was you and you know your family which which should have been significant enough but the reality of it is is if you have somebody sitting in an office who knows whether you're working or not that almost acts as kind of a an indirect accountability system and what we have some of our uh, agents that do have in-house TCs what we tell the TC to do, and we actually have coaching calls with them, is we'll tell the TC to start monitoring, uh, you know, essentially their boss's morning routine and their schedule. So the TC becomes part of the accountability system. You know, it works for everyone's benefit. And here's something else that's another benefit, and you guys, you know, obviously I think will understand this easily, is the feeling that someone has your back. Sometimes one of the scariest and most, you know, challenging mentally and emotionally aspects of real estate is that you never feel like anyone's got your back. Well, if you have a really good TC, 
you know you'll have somebody that if you, for whatever reason, can't get to that call, can't get to that detail, you can have the TC do it. And, and remember, it's important that you have a very clear lines of delineation as to who's to do what. You should never delegate your sellers. The sellers are the most important folks. If a seller has a question, a seller has a problem, do not have the assistant get back. I realize that is completely different how most of you are being trained right now or leading to believe. The last thing you want to delegate is a seller, especially in a challenging, changing market like this. They are going to be more stressed, not less stressed. And if they're having an assistant, even if it's a brilliant assistant, uh, returning the phone calls to answer the heavy lifting questions, they will not keep the listing with you. That's what happens. Now, the negatives of level two, and then we're going to wrap the show today. The negatives of level two is you have added fixed costs. We talked about that, right? You're going to have another mouth to feed. The obvious expense that has to be paid every single week, every single month, regardless of how your production is. That can work against you and that can work for you. Um, so another negative is unless you increase revenue, you'll decrease profit. So unless you are consciously saying, I'm going to add an assistant, they're going to work for me full time. These are their, in, as part of Real Estate Coaching Essentials, by the way, guys, we have all the, assistants, uh, the assistant training. We have all the checklists. We have all the procedural manuals. All that's included in Real Estate Coaching Essentials. So when you are actually, and we're enhancing and updating all that now, by the way. So when you have a, an assistant that's in place, uh, you know, the, sometimes if you don't intentionally increase, let's say they cost you 50000 a year, you have to increase your revenue by like 75000 a year to cover all the taxes and whatnot. Otherwise, you're actually going to net less money. Some of you are at the point in your careers where you don't care. You're wanting let, you you want to work less, you want to have less time, and you're not so sensitive to the decreasing of the personal net revenue to you, and that's fine. But make sure that if you're adding a staff member, you have to adjust your profit forecasting to uh, reflect that added fixed cost. And a lot of you don't do that. You just add the assistant and think somehow magically your revenue is going to increase. It doesn't work like that. If right now for you to hit your revenue goals, you've done your real estate treasure map, you know your business plan, you have to sell, let's say, five houses per month or whatever your number is, you add an assistant, that number is probably going to pop up to seven houses per month. Or you're going to actually net less money. And then at the end of the year, you're going to be doing your profit and you know, you're going to be doing your taxes to your accountant and you're going to look at the numbers and you're going to see last year you earned this and this year you earned that and it was less. And guess what? The money went to the assistant. They had to be paid regardless. So you have to increase the revenue to cover that cost. And yeah, I mean, the last thing is, is the truth is that you have to manage the TC. Sometimes it takes longer to manage the TC and it can be more time consumptive than actually having done it yourself. A lot of you guys get stuck hiring the wrong kind of person to be a transaction coordinator. Uh, and the wrong kind of person would be typically an, uh, someone who has a real estate license but is aspirational. In other words, they actually are just using you as a stepping stone to get to the next level. They have no real intention of building a long-term relationship with you. You hire somebody who might make one day a great, you know, buyer's agent or might make a great, but you're hiring them to do TC work. That's the wrong position for those people. A lot of the best assistants that we've ever had, transaction coordinators that we've ever seen our top producers hire, were people that weren't in the real estate industry that came from, maybe they were in mortgage or title, but they were maybe in totally unrelated industries before that were heavy on customer service. And then in some markets, they had to get real estate licenses and others that they didn't just depending on you know, what the state laws were. But sometimes people that are totally unrelated to the real estate industry will make the best 
first hire or your first transaction coordinator. Go back and listen to this again, and remember all this information is laid out in tremendous detail in Real Estate Coaching Essentials. You guys take this action now. Number one, as always, and I really appreciate it, share this podcast with as many other agents as you know. Number two, if you've not done it yet, complete that form, and when you do, just scroll to the bottom of this page, name, phone number, email address. Someone from our team will call you back, and just by filling out that form, we're going to give you the free, uh, three free books. You can see images of them right there. Um, and if you're not on your mobile, if you're on your desktop, you then uh, just go to joinharris.com. You'll go to the same exact page, fill out the form, get the three free books. Listen, guys, do not be scared about the transitioning market. You're going to start seeing, as we have been warning you, a lot more news coming out about the recession and the economy and all the rest of it. You're going to hear about refis, GP, uh, gross domestic product uh, forecasts. You're going to start hearing about this company having layoffs and that company having layoffs. But you really won't start hearing the bad news probably until late summer. You need to prepare now. Get ahead of the line right now, as we talked about on our radio shows that we did earlier this week. Go back and listen to those radio shows. Go back and listen to them so you can start putting in process the exact steps that you need to have to make the most of this changing real estate market. Guys, listen, this is a long-term real estate boom. There are going to be ups and downs. The market doesn't just continuously go up. There's going to be some retractions. That's what we're entering into now. You don't need to just have the mindset that you can only make money as the water and the ships rise. You can make money no matter what direction the market goes. It depends on the education and the thinking that you have and your willingness to apply it. If you guys need Julie and I for anything, please request it. Uh, uh, well, obviously, fill out that form and someone from our office will call you back. But just uh, you can email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. In the meantime, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for making this number one industry podcast. I really appreciate it. it honestly, it motivates Julie and I uh, to you know, essentially get our broadcasting game on even at a higher level because we know that in a changing market like this, you guys need an authentic leadership. We're hoping to give you the mojo um, so that you can become the authentic leaders in your marketplaces. So take from us as the information is intended and then start applying it to your individual sellers and your buyers and your family and your marketplace. Be prepared so you're not caught by surprise. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.